This is Hustle and Pro with Kelly Walker. Join Kelly as she talks sports with players, coaches, organizers, and entrepreneurs from BWE League to Pro. Now here's your host, Kelly Walker. On today's episode of Hustle and Pro, we're talking with Hannah Mary Cook. Hannah Mary swim, well, just finished up swimming for Reedy High School this year and is moving on to swim in college. So we're going to learn about her story. But first, let's start off with some quick hits. Okay, so tell me for these quick hits, who's your favorite all-time athlete? I really like Simone Manuel. She is a swimmer. She swims at Stanford and has been to the Olympics. And I really like her because she's a little bit less well-known, but she's still considered one of the greatest swimmers of all time. And she's also African-American and has broken several barriers because of that, her, how well that she's done in swimming. It has been very different than other swimmers in the past. And she's also raised a lot of awareness and caused African-American children to take swim lessons and be more comfortable in the water. That's fantastic. What's her name again? Simone Manuel. Okay, I'm going to have to look up, look her up because I'm not familiar. What about your favorite all-time team, sports team? Ooh, that's hard. Um, well, definitely right now I'm really into the U.S. women's national soccer team, especially because of their successes and... I've been really interested in following all of the recent press that they've gotten and the new developments that are being made in equal pay for the women. Yes, they're making some some noise. Yes. I love it too. What's your favorite sport to watch? I really like watching swimming just because I'm a swimmer. Um, I also really like watching gymnastics and me too baseball I like baseball a lot me too what about I think I know the answer what's your favorite sport to play definitely swimming okay what's the farthest distance you've ever traveled to participate in sports or to watch someone else play sports hmm I went to a swimming in Alabama last summer. I think that's about as far as I've gone personally to and play that, sports. That's going to change soon, right? Yes, that's going to change soon. <laughs> and I've swim. gone, I went to a Boston Red Sox game last summer too. So that's probably the farthest I've gone to watch other people play sports. Yeah, very good. One last question. Do you have any sports superstitions? Not necessarily superstitions, but I do always pop my toes before a race, before I step up on the block. And it's not necessarily the type of thing where I feel like I wouldn't do well if I didn't do that, but it's just something that I always do before a race. More like a a routine you just need to do. Yeah. Get out of your system so you feel right. I totally understand. Okay, so now I want to talk about your story and how you came into swimming, but also other sports. I'm always really curious what athletes did before they focused on their main sport that they go on to excel in. So before swimming was your, your sport of focus, what other sports have you, have you done? I have played a lot of sports. When I was really young, I played soccer. I played softball. I danced all the way through elementary school and some of middle school. And then in middle school, I played volleyball, basketball, and cross country, and I think that's it. 
It's a lot. And then you started focusing on swimming. So I hear that you weren't a gung-ho swimmer as a, as a little toddler, a little kiddo. So tell me about when you embraced the water. So when I was really young, I was scared to death of the water. And my parents took me to Emler, and they have a money-back guarantee, so they had to get me comfortable with the water. And then after that, um, my best friend Ansley was going to join fast, and then I decided that I would do it with her. And definitely just through Ansley and other friends that I started to make on fast in the summers, they kind of drove me to push myself and get more comfortable with the water because I didn't want to be the only kid my age that didn't know how to swim. So definitely not peer pressure, but I feel like I was very influenced by how other people saw me and how they perceived what I was doing in the pool. So what age are we talking? When did you stop being scared or when, you know, when did you stop having a fear of swimming and, and start actually swimming or wanting to swim? I think I was seven or eight when I joined fast and that's when I was really trying to learn actual strokes, not just keeping my head above the water. Okay. So since then, a lot has changed. Obviously you, you swam with fast, but then also, um, for high school, which we can talk about, but you also teach swimming, right? Yes. Lessons to different, um, like private lessons, but then you also work with different organizations. So tell me, who do you teach swim to? So this summer I started working for Swim America and through Swim America, I have gotten to teach a lot of different kids between ages four and even up to about 14. And I really like teaching the younger stations on Swim America because I feel like due to my personal struggle with learning how to swim, I feel like I'm able to comfort the younger swimmers and try to get them to enjoy being in the water instead of swim lessons every week being something that's scary and that they don't want to do. So I've had a lot of fun teaching little kids and trying to get them comfortable. Yeah, I bet you can relate, right? When you see that they're scared, not everyone's scared, but when you see those that that are, you can relate and you can help. Definitely. I bet that, do you think that makes you a better swim coach or swim teacher? Yes. And then at the same time that I can relate to them, I also know that they're going to be okay if they swallow a little bit of water and cough a few times And I feel like I've been pretty good at knowing when to push them and to help them overcome their fear and knowing when to comfort them and help them out. That's good. There's a balance you have to have. Yes. Do a little bit of both to make them progress, right? Yes. So you mentioned Swim America. Um, Have you worked with the Miracle League and, and Special Olympics too? Yes. I, for Miracle League... I did that mostly in middle school with basketball, soccer, and baseball. And then throughout high school, every summer, I have done Special Olympics swimming. And Special Olympics swimming has been a lot of fun. I've been buddied up with a lot of different people, but then I've also had the same few kids a lot of times and really gotten to form a bond with them, and that's been really fun. That's awesome. Is that happen here in Frisco? Yes, Special Olympics is every Thursday night, 
and it's at the Texas Ford Aquatics pool. Oh, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a a summer thing or, or a one-time it is, event. It's something you're working with them year-round? It's round. just in the summer. Oh, okay. okay. But it's once a week all summer. That's a lot. That's mm-hmm. great. So you get to know those kiddos. Okay, so let's talk about what you just finished doing. So your high school swimming career. So you swam for Reedy, and did you go to state all four years at Reedy? Is that right? Yes, I was an alternate the first year, but I was at the meet. Okay, so this podcast is Hustle and Pro, so I like hearing about the hustle part. So tell me, what did that take for for four years of going to state in high school? It took a lot of early morning practices, but also something that I thought was really important that the Reedy swim team had that not a lot of other teams have is how close we were and how much of a family all of us were and how... It wasn't always that we were working for ourselves and working towards our own goals, but working towards goals that we had set as a team. And sometimes even stepping up for someone else instead of just working for yourself. So people like me who aren't swimmers, I mean, like competitively, I think of it as individual, right? I think a lot of people probably do, but you're talking about it as a team. I mean, I know there's relays and there's team events, but... You're talking about more than that, right? So what do you mean by being there as a team and setting team goals? Like, what does that mean? So in swimming, you get certain points for how well you do in an event. So normally first place through eighth place will score points for their team. So the more people that you get that are in the top eight, the more people that finish in the top eight, the more points your team gets. And then at the end of the meet, a team will win the meet. And then there's also normally one boy and one girl who are high point winners. And those are the people that scored the most points individually. So in order to win a meet as a team, you need to have as many people as you can scoring in the top eight. But then also relays are very important because you get more points for a relay than you do for an individual event. Okay. So it's really helpful when a team has four swimmers that can perform really well together. What are your events? I, well, the first three years I swam the 200 and the 500 free, and those were my events at district, region, and state, what I focused on at the end of the season. But then this year I swam the 100 and the 200 free. And then I'm also normally on freestyle relays and sometimes I do freestyle on the medley relay. Is that something that changes from year to year? I mean one year are you focusing on you know 200 free and then because of who all's on your team something changes or you work on on off season you work on a different stroke or event and you get better at it and switch it? Yes so this year our team we had a lot of girls that can score really well in the 500 free and I was swimming a little bit less this season than I had in the past. So I really worked on my 100 free and focused on that. And since I was probably the best option to switch from the 500 to the 100, I don't want to say I took one for the team because it was really my decision to swim the 100 free. But sometimes coaches will have to move people around to swim different events based on where the strength is on the team that year. For the team. So um, do you know, going in, when you say you're going to swim in college, we're going to talk about that, but do you have certain events that you 
that are your strong suits that you expect to swim there? Or is it sort of open to that theory again of when you get there, what do they need most from you? A little of both. I think at dual meets throughout the season, I'll be able to swim pretty much whatever I choose to swim. But then when it gets down to conference at the end of the season, I just have to do whatever my team needs me to do. What's swim season? Like, what are time frames we're talking about? So high school is normally the end of September to mid-February. And then club, there's two seasons. Club has a short course yard season that's from about October to March. And then there's a long course meters season, which is a 50-meter pool. And that one is from about May to early August. Which is pretty much year-round if you're doing all of those things. Yes. And then you have about a month between seasons to just really focus on technique before you get back to the hard training. Wow. Okay, then when you said part of that hustle for high school swim was schedule, what does a schedule look like when you're in, I don't know, pick, pick whatever season, but like what time of day are we talking about that you're swimming and how much are you swimming? So this past year, the Reedy practices were 7 to 9 a.m., and then we had to be at school at 10.30, which sounds like you, it sounds like you have a good chunk of time in there, but sometimes you get out of the pool late, you have to shower, dry your hair, get all ready for school, and then you have to drive yourself to school and eat breakfast. So it's actually a pretty tight schedule in there. Right. Because, yeah, then, you're, I wasn't thinking about it, but you're not swimming on campus at your yeah. high school. Okay. So you have to get from the natatorium to school. And then... At night this year, it depends. Because at the beginning of the season, I was swimming 5 to 7. But then, I mean, people have practiced anywhere between 4 and 8 normally. Just two hours somewhere in there. So you're swimming. Your normal schedule is like four hours, five, six hours. It could be every day. Yeah, about that. And then sometimes you add dry lands on top, which will be an additional hour. And these are just workouts? Yes. Okay. Dry lands is what swimmers call just normal weight room workouts. You can tell I'm not a swimmer. <laughs> I don't know any of the terminology. So I'm learning. Thank you. Okay, so let's talk about this college world here you're about to go into. So um, what may, you're, you're going to Wellesley, right, in yes. um, Massachusetts? Is that right? Yes. So what made you choose Wellesley and vice versa? Why did they choose you? So my decision to go to Wellesley, I actually applied to 16 schools, which is a lot more than most people apply to. And basically, I knew that I would like to swim in college, but I wasn't dead set on it. It wasn't something that was going to make me choose one school over the other. And then I also explored rowing because swimming to rowing is a transition that a lot of athletes make Hmm. going into college because there's a lot of scholarship money and a lot more opportunity to row than there is to swim. So that's something that I looked into. And at the end of the day, I decided that I wanted to make my decision based on academics and then hope that there was a possibility that I could swim too. So... I started focusing in on several of the D3 schools in the Northeast that have 
really top-notch academic programs, but they also have swim teams that I felt like I would fit into well. And then I ended up choosing Wellesley just because of the amazing academic programs that they offer. What are you going to be studying? I am not entirely decided yet, but I am probably going to end up studying either anthropology or international relations. Okay. In anthropology, you've already studied that, right? That is not something new to you. You've worked on, for a couple years now, some anthropology Just studies? about half a year the last year in independent study and mentorship at Reedy. I studied anthropology and that was really cool to get to learn about a field before possibly committing to study to study in it for another four years. I love that program. Yes, it's awesome. It is. I love that um, it's available here in Frisco for kids that, like you said, let's learn about it, something you think you're interested in, and maybe it confirms that or lets you know it's not what you want to go do in school. Yes, so. and ISM, I actually I studied three different topics and completely ruled out two things. So that was really nice. That's awesome. That's a, that's a good head start so that you don't waste time in yes. college ruling that out. Um, so I was looking at Wellesley. Don't, didn't know a whole bunch about it, but um, it's hard to get into. It has a 19% acceptance rate first, first year applying. That's hard. Um, you mentioned 16 schools you applied for. Is that right? Yes, 16. How many do your friends apply for? Um, I knew a few friends that only applied to two or three, and then I knew a few other people that did 15 and 16. Oh, wow. It just, it depends on how sure you are about going to a certain school, and then also how sure you are about getting into different schools. Right. So, like, I chose to apply to 16 schools that were pretty hard to get into that would be reach schools for me Mm -hmm. instead of applying to one or two that I knew I would get into. And this was a reach school? Yes. Okay. Um, I also read about how it's the highest endowed women's college in the world. Yes. Highest endowed, (laughs) sorry. The highest endowed women's college in the world. That's pretty amazing. And there's some serious alum that have come through there. Oh, yes. That's something that we loved about Wellesley when we were learning about it. So Hillary Rodham Clinton... Madeline Albright, Cokie Roberts, Diane Sawyer, um, a writer, Catherine Lee Bates, and a NASA, a NASA astronaut, Pamela Ann Melroy. Those are just a couple. And Nora Ephron. That's a pretty uh, good list there. Yes. No wonder you're excited about that. And it's a women's college. So what is that going to change for you as you go from, you know, big public high school here in Frisco to a women's college in Massachusetts? So I think probably the strangest thing for me will be that I've always swam with boys. And I think it's going to be really strange not to have them there because it's normally like, oh, the boys are at the front of the lane. They're faster than all the girls. And that's something that I've just always been used to having. And actually at first when I applied to Wellesley, my parents liked it a lot more than I did because I wasn't super into the all-girls idea just because I thought it would be really strange but now as I get closer and closer to actually going I'm really excited about it being an all-girls school because you don't have any men related distractions or the additional competition that can be added sometimes when men are around and I think it'll just be a really nice community 
Yeah, and just extra stress, like you said, distractions, and yes. just that whole other layer of of relationships that mixing in with school and being in class, and you get to focus. And so I can see that it's going to be a great way for you to put your head down, focus, learn, work, swim. It'll be great. One more thing I wanted to ask you about that you guys that you experienced um, here in Frisco in high school. Um, tell me about from me to you. So for me to you is a nonprofit organization that I founded through ISM. So my junior year in independent study and mentorship, I studied oncology pharmacy and throughout the year kind of realized that that wasn't something that I really wanted to do. So for my final product, I shifted gears a little bit, but still incorporated oncology pharmacy, and I founded For Me To You. And For Me To You focuses on giving care packages to cancer patients who are starting chemotherapy treatments. And I thought that this was a good cause to help them to relieve the stress and trauma of starting something so scary and something that was new to them. So I have fundraised, set up a website, and collected lots of donations. And we sent out 72 packages last year, and we're about to send out 72 more. We have all the stuff ready. We just need to assemble it and distribute them. Is there a specific type of cancer or age group that you're focusing on? I mean, is this anybody, or is this like pediatric cancer or... A certain type of patient that you're like focusing on helping it's focused towards anybody okay the location that I am distributing them through which is Texas Oncology Irving they do not have a pediatric wing they mainly focus on adults so in that sense they are mainly going to adults but there's nothing about the care packages that are tailored towards adults, and I would love to get them to kids too. So you started that your junior year project, and obviously you're done now with your senior year and you're still working on it. Is that something you plan to keep being involved in or to pass down to family members? I know you have some younger sisters coming up through. What's the plan for that organization? So I'm going to try to keep working on it as long as I possibly can. And if I need a little help being out of state and not being able to give it as much time as I would like to, then my younger sisters and my family are going to help out with it. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited for your move over to Wellesley. I know that's coming soon. Best of luck to you um, as you head to Massachusetts. And thank you for taking time out of your summer to sit and talk with us. Yes, thank you for having me.